When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Heyo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A in our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I host uh, this little podcast. Got the full CHGO White Sox crew with me today. Vinny Duber on the far left. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And he's got a new post up at allchgo.com. Free to read for all. If you're watching this live stream right now, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you go to allchgo, click on the link, read about Oscar Colas. It's very nice. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. Hello. Man in the middle. You can follow him on Twitter at ecknerwall 23 He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And we're excited to talk about Oscar Colas today. Maybe a little Colson Montgomery. And uh, the White Sox, where are they going to finish? You know, we're now in February. Happy Black History Month. Thank you. Uh, happy uh, National Women's in Sports Day as well. Correct. Uh, shout out to uh, Casey, uh, Sarah, who's also here as well. Um, the, the the fire, or the, not the fire, the Red Stars crew. Should get the team right. Um, <laughs> uh, Carmi, you should. Carmi V as well. Uh, am I missing anybody? Uh, Janice. And of course, uh, I'm missing the person, uh, our, our good friend Janice. Uh, so uh, happy uh, National Women's uh, in, uh, or National Women's in Sports Day as well. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about the White Sox offseason and the White Sox outlook. Uh, now that we are in February, now that we are one month closer uh, to it all starting in late March. Two weeks from uh, pitchers and catchers. Two weeks until two weeks pitchers and today. catchers. There you go. Uh, two weeks until Valentine's Day. Uh, you know, two very important days, friends. Uh, just uh, mark your calendars. Uh also got basically, I think, what, like 28 days until games start up. So uh, very, very close. Games. Games. Uh, hey, they, they, they still matter. Uh, yeah. Lucas Giolito was throwing 95 they, in them. Sean, they don't matter. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, but anyway, but for some reason, the World Baseball Classic matters, but like Luis Castillo can't go pitch in the game. I mean, like the Mariners are now saying like, oh, he's going to be at camp with us. They don't matter, but they do matter for some clubs. Hey, man, if you're a team and looking to compete this year, you have the the right to say, hey, man, it's cool that you want to compete for your country, but our season matters much more to us than your country. So we're under contract with us, not the, the country you're from. So you will be pitching for us, not from your country. And I have no qualms against a team doing that, but I would rather a, t- a player be happy 
with his decision either or. So if Luis Castillo, just like Jose Abreu, just like other players, don't want to necessarily do the uh, World Baseball Classic, I want them to come from them. But I understand the the team's concern. Yeah, the injury risk, especially to pitchers, is too great, especially with him. He's a top-line starter out there in Seattle. Hey, you're going to hear a lot of people. I think you've already heard some uh, Pedro Grafol say uh, when he was talking to me after the Benintendi signing that – this will be a benefit for the players involved, that it will get them into meaningful game action quicker, up to meaningful game speed quicker. Uh, you know, give them a reason in the middle of March to, uh, you know, go for it a little bit and get their baseball blood pumping again. I think you're going to continue to hear that as the World Baseball Classic goes on, as once we get down to camps and start talking to everybody. Um, you know, listen, all you had to do was watch that spring training game a few a couple years ago and watch Aloy Jimenez get hurt during spring training. Uh, pitchers get hurt during spring training mm. all the time. Uh, Lance so Lynn, right? It, One of them was Lance Lynn. You are not immune from injury because you're wearing your team's spring training cap as opposed to the cap of your World Baseball Classic team. So, uh, listen, you uh, uh, are going to find out quite a bit, if you didn't know already from listening to me last year and in years past, uh, I do not care about the Cactus League <laughs> at all. Uh, the games are meaningless. They are practicing out there. Do not, under any circumstances, put any stock in any results from any Cactus League games. Hey, you, you ask <laughs> athletes like Clayton Richard, uh, he, he, he'll say uh, practice is more important than the actual games. You know? Hey, uh, and I'll say, and these I'll, guys and have I'll real quote, routines. They, and they I'll, quote another, I'll quote another professional athlete and say, we talking about practice. That's true. <laughs> that is true. He, he was about practice? He was spitting when he said that. Um, <laughs> have you seen the... Uh, Ted Lasso episode that Mm-mm. pretty much mocks that. Yes. Oh, perfect. They're all perfect. Oh, I love that show. Is it worth Great it? Show. Oh, my Tremendous gosh. show. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It is the best sitcom I've watched in the last 10 years. Really? Not close. Yeah, I'd probably to agree me. with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's cheesy sometimes. It's yeah. corny sometimes, yeah. but it makes you feel good. Just like, it's like the... The opposite of, uh, what is it, This Is Us? or It's like the opposite of all other current TV shows. Yeah, where they make you cry. <laughs> the, the Ted Lasso makes you cry because it's heartfelt and it's good. It makes you feel like a better person. It makes you want to be well, a better person after watching that show. That's why I like Abbott Elementary, um, just because like, it's very... You know, it's it's very nice, very mm-hmm. uh, warm-hearted. Usually, coming from a a, a very uh, you know a youthful uh, a mindset, it's uh, it's very nice. Yeah, and it's not uh, formulaic either. No, it's not like nice not to be show. nice. It's nice within the confines of the show, and it fits perfectly. And I was a Jason Sudeikis guy before he started that, so it would just uh, continue it when he do, does that. And you know, I don't like soccer at all. It's not about soccer. It's kind of like the the Walking Dead. It's not about the zombies. It's about the people. Okay. All right, maybe I'll watch it. Uh, Wait a minute, the zombie show's not about zombies? It's not, not oh, really. That is disappointing. No. Does it feature zombies? <laughs> they're, they're there all the time, but it's <laughs> it's not about them, though. Is it like a threat? Is it like, are they just kind of there? No, they're I mean, early in the show, they're really, really there. After a while, it's just about the people interacting with each other, and the zombies are a backdrop to the whole thing. Hey, don't go outside a zombie. They don't call them zombies. They call them walkers. Might go and get you. Might eat your brains like out. Walking Dead Walker. Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, 
Can we scroll up a little bit? Uh, AJ's got a good comment, but I, I think we also got to go to Connor Smith here, uh, our good pal. Uh, Nationals have had a worse offseason, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know, recently you saw the Twitter graphic saying the White Sox were the only team that had an F grade hmm. uh, for their offseason. Uh, I, I think Connor makes a good point here. Uh, Nationals have had the worst offseason, already worst roster in MLB, have only signed Corey Dickerson and ownership faked out fans, fan base with a fake sale. GM can't make any moves. May set all-time loss record. Uh, as Goose Island's new, uh, new beer would say, uh, the Nationals have no plans, uh, friends. Uh, so I, I think that's a, a pretty good grade there uh, for the Nationals also having an F of an offseason. Uh, it wasn't a good offseason. Like, I, I didn't love the Andrew For the White Benet- Sox. For the White yeah. Sox. I didn't love the Andrew Benatendi Pendi- yes. signing. And the Liam News is awful, but that's out of their control. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not really factored into that grade. The big thing, obviously, being the Mike Clevenger thing, and it's just unfortunate. Like, it's not like, you know, someone got injured and, you know, it's 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 a discussion like that. Like, people were affected and hurt, and it's just like, yeah, the White Sox are clearly in the only spot like that. And yeah. That, that, I think that reflects the grade. Yeah, and I think Connor's right. Other people are right. There's other teams that could be joining the White Sox in there where they're at right now with that grade. Are they the worst? No, but – the grade that they were given by the athletic James Fegan, I have no qualms with. Yes, the Nationals are not great. No, yes, the Rockies are not great. But that does not excuse the White Sox, who are in a championship contention window right now, from being better. And I am like to, a guy who likes to say process or results. So what did the White Sox go into this offseason wanting to get? They wanted to get an outfielder. They got one, Andrew Bentini. I think a pretty good outfielder. And then they got a starting pitcher. Well, before that, they got a starting pitcher. That, I don't blame too much on Rick Hahn. Yes, you could, he could have did more background on people and interviewed more people. But the fact that Mike Clevenger turns out and has this investigation against him, eh, I don't think that's too much on the White Sox right now because you don't know what's going to happen with Mike Clevenger. I don't, I'm not as satisfied with the uh, offseason. So if you think they're great as an F, I am not going to argue with them. But I, you know, F is a little strong for me. Because the process was, we need only this player. We're going to go with our right fielder as our rookie right fielder as our starting guy, who I would say, hey, if that's what your plan is, cool. I would have liked them to go with either a veteran right fielder or veteran second baseman, not two mostly rookie uh, positions right there. But they had a good process. They, I don't think, missed any player that they were looking for. They weren't in the market for the big-time players. And they didn't have a lot to actually add. Losing Jose Abreu, huge loss. And so from that standpoint, you could say the White Sox failed. But I don't think they wanted to retain Jose Abreu. I think they wanted to give, like Sean says, Andrew Vaughn all the at-bats at first base. Give Aloy Jimenez all the at-bats at designated hitter and sometimes in the outfield. And I think they think that this team is much better with addition by subtraction, no Tony, no other people on the coaching staff like Super Joe McEwing. And now they bring in other youthful stuff that's going to help this team ascend to more wins than they had last year. Are they going to win the Central? I don't know about that. They might have Aloy play in right field. We'll see. I think, I think <laughs> listen, the main thing that this entire conversation is about is the White Sox did not necessarily have the worst offseason. They had the only beat writer at The Athletic who gave them an F. That's, that, that's the headline out of this one. And, and, and I think James, uh, you know, 
all power to him for for assigning them that grade. I don't think that that's wrong. I think that you could look at I, to me it's less what everybody's big complaints are probably which they didn't go get premium free agent X or they didn't make a trade for premium player Y. It's more that kind of a thousand paper cuts thing where it's like, which is what James wrote kind of, is that they had an opportunity to make supplemental moves that they decided not to make. I mean, they could have gone out and already had some more starting pitching depth. They could have gone out and had a second baseman. They could have gone out and got somebody to have an actual position battle with Oscar Colas in right field. They could have gone out and gotten anyone that would have made Aloy Jimenez playing the outfield a moot point. It would not even have to be a thing. They maybe could have upgraded at the backup catcher position. They didn't do any of those things. Um, Andrew Benintendi, that's a good signing. That's a very good signing for them. But on top of it, they lost their best player. And whether they wanted to or not, they have not yet replaced the production of their best player. Maybe they will. Maybe the team will be great. I think the biggest move that they made this offseason was that they went out and got a new manager and a new coaching staff, and that's what they wanted the biggest move of their offseason to be because they are putting their eggs in the basket of the team that we've already assembled before this offseason even yep. started is good enough to do what we think it can do and win, and win a champ, compete for and win a championship. The White Sox did not have the worst offseason in baseball because the Rockies exist, the Pirates <laughs> exist, the Reds exist, hey. the Tigers exist. They didn't even have the worst offseason in their own division. You know what the Tigers did? The Tigers' Tell big <laughs> offseason acquisition of the of the offseason was Michael Lorenzen. And, oh, oh, no. The White Sox killer. Matthew Boyd, too. Who's not, as, who's not as good as Andrew Benintendi. But, Andrew, but again, Michael Lorenzen kicked the White Sox ass in 2022. So, again, White Sox killer. He is not no. as good as Andrew Benintendi. No, he is not. not I'm, not, I'm not making that point. Uh, Only 18 starts last year for Michael Lorenzen, and they added former Tiger Matthew Boyd, who only, I think, only pitched 18 innings, and the White Sox are like, mm, delicious. Oh, yeah, I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm excited for that guy in your T-shirt uh, to oh, see Tim Matthew very, Boyd again. Um, you make all fantastic points, and I, I honestly think, like, that's the reason why I'd give him an F, too. Like, again, like, this team – went out and got Andrew Benatendi, and they went out and got Mike Clevenger. I didn't think their team was finished after those moves. And now that Mike Clevenger is, you know, right now up in the air, if he's ever going to play for the White Sox, uh, it just makes their offseason look worse. And we talked about Liam Hendricks and trading him or not, and, you know, no fault of their own and no fault of Liam's. He's not going to be with the team to start the season, and that just affects them as their ability to win the AL Central or to make the playoffs and and what we're going to talk about in a little bit here. Um, I do want to give a little bit of credit to Stefan Bardo. Uh, Han's going to try to get that F. Uh, to an F plus once he trades for Nikki Lopez. Boo-boo-boo. It's not wrong. Michael Massey as well might get that to a D minus. Um, local products. Local the products. Yeah. You um, know what? At, at, if he gets somebody like that, they'll be my veteran second baseman that I wanted. That's Manning. I don't know if Massey's a veteran at this point. I mean, no. Nikki <laughs> Lopez already played like three years in the yeah, league. That's yeah. a veteran already. Yeah. No, and I, I think, meant more Massey. And mm. listen, Matthew, you're right. Listen, th- those teams weren't trying to get a lot better, right? But here's the thing. The We've, we've been through over and over again what the White Sox's plan is. And now you can agree or disagree that it's going to work, but you don't know that it's not. Yes. You know? and, and so if, if, the, if, if the White Sox go out next year and get the performances from the guys who have already been here for a few years that they're expecting, well, then maybe all they needed was Andrew Benintendi. You know what I mean? But – Certainly coming off of last year, it looked like they could get a lot better in a lot of different areas. I don't know that they 
made the sheer volume of moves needed to make those improvements. And I think that is a reasonable way to look at their offseason as not being as successful as it could have been. I'm not trying to defend it and say it was great or even good. I, I think an F, if you want to give them an F, there is a very good argument to make that it right. is worthy of an F. But, uh, you know, not everything exists in a vacuum, and you can't just say the White Sox are the worst offseason in baseball when there are teams out there who went out and just signed nothings so they could be bad again i think the the in the athletic article which i just was reading earlier in before our show the pirates beat writer said the last line was and if they can flip any of these guys at the trade deadline well that's a bonus right. so, so that's not good you, that's a bad off season i want to give a, <laughs> a, a credit to uh the baseball barber cast uh, of uh Jake uh, Mintz and Jordan Schusterman, uh, formerly of uh, Fox, and now they're with Sirius, whatever. Uh, they vibe checked all 30 MLB teams. And one of their highest grades, one of their highest vibe checks, was the Pirates. Because now the Pirates, with adding Vince Velasquez, Rich Hill, um, I think Connor Joe, they added. They got McCutcheon back. Uh, McCutcheon. Yeah. Um, but again, they called you're going to be but, happy with McCutcheon and Austin Hedges like that. <laughs> well, if, that was the other name, if too. If those players were the White Sox offseason, you would all be throwing up somewhere, yes, yes. probably. And, so. like, <laughs> they even said, like, the McCutcheon thing was fan service. Like, the whole discussion was that the Pirates, instead of winning 54 games or whatever they won last year, might win 60. It's like, okay, they're going to be a dog crap team again awesome like what the pirates are not good the pirates didn't add any players worth like true significant value and they're still going to be one of the worst teams in one of the worst divisions like it is fair to take the context of the white Sox are in a championship window it should also be the pirates are not getting any better the pirates have been one of the worst right. franchises in my entire lifetime and continue to stay in that basement and also the the white Sox did what they think it will give them a chance to capitalize on that championship window. Just because you have a difference of opinion doesn't mean that they like totally just were asleep at the wheel the whole offseason. Like their offseason thing was bring in new coaches and 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 try to make uh, the changes necessary to get the guys who are already here better. I, listen, I I agree. I'm not sure the White Sox got better this offseason, but I don't know that for a fact because they haven't played any games yet. <laughs> on paper, they did not get better. I, for right. me, they did not get better at all. But as Vinny says, you're looking for performances that are more like to the back of the baseball card than what 2022 was. They're thinking about, hey, let's erase that 2022 because too many people were hurt. Too many people were having off seasons or off years. Let's get back to what we do in 2023. And if we do what we do in 2023, there's no team in this division that can mess with us, especially now that we have Andrew Benintendi. That solves our left-handed hitter thing. That solves our left fielder thing. And if we're introducing Oscar Colas, it's another lefty power bat that we can use. So I can see the White Sox plans and their process there. That's why I don't necessarily judge the results because the results of this might be, as Vinny said, they're clearing away the best team in the AL Central, and they play as such. And at the end of the day, I'm not satisfied with the White Sox uh, offseason, but this might have been their plan all along. Just sign these two guys, and we'll be fine. Not make too many moves where it disturbs our core, and our core is still young, and we can go out and win some right. games and, still and with them. They signed those two guys. One of those guys, we're not sure what his future is with the White Sox, and then, you know, Liam Hendricks left. Right. Like, it that's just not, doesn't seem like that's a great, not any doing yeah. of the front offices, yeah. though. That's, right. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, it's just like, and I mean, but that is just what currently is happening. I'm not saying that in a negative way. Like, you know, you can look at other off-the-field stuff around the game, and, and you have to, if you want to throw that into it, too. I mean, like, what, doesn't the, the – 
people who run the Mariners keep sticking their foot in their mouth. Oof. I mean, uh, you got the guy out in Baltimore, the owner of the team out in Baltimore, who's saying that he's going <laughs> to open take, up the books, take the media on a grand tour of the uh, <laughs> spreadsheets of the Baltimore Orioles, and then just completely Not ghosts them. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's uh, again this kind of. This kind, these kind of negative headlines happen all over the place. Talk about being if, – if, if your disappointment stems from the fact that they didn't make a major move this offseason, what about the San Francisco Giants striking out on both Judge and Correa? Or not – and they at least made contact with Correa. I guess no, you could call as that. As reported I guess by you could call that. MLB insider Carlos Baerga, Carlos Correa and Aaron Judge were both Giants. Sure. Yeah. And I think what I was referring to. It was meant to make you laugh. What I was referring to was not the fact that uh, that they struck out on Carlos Correa. They got that deal agreed to, and then, uh, I don't know, they popped up to foul territory, I guess, and uh, didn't get that done. They bucknered it, went right through their legs. Um, I do want you to, Stephen, when you get a second, uh, star Matthew Lucas's comments. Uh, Herb brings up the AL Central and winning the AL Central. Uh, We'll talk about those after the break. uh, And I do want to touch on Connor's comment real quick before we go to the break. Uh, it does seem odd that fans are so confident in Pedro Grafol yet do not equal to it, it to more wins. Uh, why the excitement then? Surely many of you believe they'll be better than last year. And I think it's a fine point. And I think, honestly, before the Clevenger news, I was talking myself into that happening. But now it goes back to the leaders uh, that Matthew Lucas is talking about. And it's just this offseason has now taken a turn because part of their plan a very thin plan that didn't have a lot of depth. They could have added more than Mike Clevenger. They could have added at second base. They could have added in right field. They didn't. They added one player. The market's now passed them by, and it's now Johnny Cueto's and Irvin Santana's left in the market. And that's not Pedro Grafal's fault. I can still be excited about Pedro Grafal, Ethan Katz, Kurt Hassler, uh, Jorge uh, Castro, uh, Chris Johnson. Jose Castro. Jose Castro. There's so many people uh, now a part of the White Sox uh, <laughs> managerial staff. Mike Tozar. Mike Tozar as well. Like, I'm excited about all those guys. But again, like, it's a two-way street. It is the managers and the players that they're given, but who are the players that they're given? And that's not really Pedro Grafal's job. That is Rick Hahn's job. And it, again, comes to the guy that's had this job for about 10 years and has two playoff appearances. And I understand that, you know, two of them are three playoff, playoff, three playoff appearances. With the White Sox? Well, two. 20 and 21. Yeah. So yeah. two of them were back-to-back, but there was only two in the 10-year tenure. Oh, um, yeah. So it, it still goes back to that guy still has his job, and if he's not doing his job to World Series, ask me after the parade caliber, then that's still the issue with the White Sox. It's not really any fault of Pedro Gafal, and I don't really think that he could be seen as a, as a fall guy per se. They haven't played any games yet. Right, they haven't played yeah. any games. But like, I mean, you, at least talking to the excitement, like my, my excitement is just because... Like, I, I'm still excited about Pedro Grafal. It's just not, like, just Pedro, though, doesn't equate to wins. Because, again, I've always thought managers don't matter. Because the GM matters. The owners matter. It's a whole organizational Well, the operation. guys who matter the most are, and are the players. The players and, but, like, who puts yeah. the players in the field? The guy who signs them to the contracts. That's all I'm saying. Like, you know, that's all. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> listen, it's, it's the same thing we've been talking about for months. These guys, these, the guys got to go play. They, the guys got to go hit. We know they've got it in them. Now it's it's up to them to show that last year was the fluke and not that you know last year was was a, a harbinger of things to come. Yeah, I want to prognosticate a little bit after the break, uh, but I do want to take a, a break. You talk about you know 
talking about things for months, you know, talking about the White Sox offseason for months and months. We've been talking about Green Ridge Farm for months and months and months. They're a Chicago local meat, local product, local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. They're the makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. And these all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours. And with 16 grams of protein per stick, they make a perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. If you haven't tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing out on because they are delicious. They're made from recipes generations in the making, and being all natural, they deliver a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, uh, the CHGO offices, uh, or your local Chicago land uh, grocery store. Uh, and right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. GreenRidge Farm, simply natural meat. Also got to let you know about ComEd. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. And these uh, can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. And then within three to four months, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. So don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash powering biz. That's comed.com slash powering B-I-Z. And if you're ready to sign up for a facility assessment, you can call them at 855 855- Four three three two seven zero zero, or hey, if you don't want to talk to anybody, you can email them at businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online at their website, comed.com slash facility assessment. There's many ways to get your facility assessed by comed. Call them, email them, go to the website, uh, check them out, comed.com slash powering B-I-Z. All right, uh, let's get into some DraftKings Sportsbook stuff. Uh, we talked about you know how they finished last year at 81 wins. Connor talks about... It, you know, the Pedro Grafal edition possibly equating into more wins. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook put the line for the White Sox winning or uh, regular season total wins at 83 and a half. They finished at 81 and 81 last year, um, finished with 90 plus in 2021. It's a team that right now, when I first saw that line, especially seeing the odds on under 83 and a half and seeing the fan graph projections that we saw, the Zips projections back in I think it was uh, January, yep. placing them at 76 wins. I will take the under. I think it's just the smart route. I don't think they've put enough belief in this team, and Rick Hahn talked about proving it, and they talked about proving it in some social media posts. They haven't proven it to me yet, and right now I'm not a believer in this team. I think that they'll fought, probably finish at 81 and 81 or a little bit worse just because the Twins have gotten better and the, uh, the uh, Guardians, I think, have improved with Josh Bell. And now they're playing the AL Central less. You're going to see the the, the the Royals, even though Mike Tozar and uh, Pedro Grafal are always handing it to you, um, and the Tigers less. I, I think it's just going to equate to less wins, and the, the NL East will probably be a tough uh, run for the White Sox. I'm going over because of four of your main players, key players, played under 100 games last year. Tim Anderson, Aloy Jimenez, Lu- uh, Luis Robert, and Yasmani Grandal. And I know... Some might say, hey, they're injury prone, so what, do you, what faith do you have them actually playing more than 100 games this year? I don't have a lot of faith, but I would hope that the White Sox has fixed their, 
their problems with conditioning, the soft tissue injuries that they continue to have. The putting of Eloy Jimenez at designated hitter will be a little bit more conducive to him being on the field and in the lineup a little bit more. And then you don't have to play Lurie Garcia for 97 games. You don't have to play 119 games with Josh Harrison. You get major league actual talent playing games and getting major league at least replacement level. There were so many players on this team that were just so terrible last year, and I think the managing and the coaching situation will make a difference. Now, I'm not saying managers matter a lot. I just thought that Tony La Russa in-game was causing a lot of these situations to be messed up. Now, it's on the players to go past that and battle through, but they didn't last year. I don't know the, if the chemistry, the clubhouse chemistry was good or whatever, but I feel like Pedro Gafal will be a net positive in the clubhouse because of how he talks, how he philosophizes, how he deals with man-to-man conversations. And so I think from that, he'll have his players ready to play. Now, he will not be hitting for them. He will not be pitching for them. And I think these players, just by sheer talent, are better than anybody in the central. And if they play and if they've figured out their situations with injuries, I think 83 and a half wins is way too low. 81 last year, even with all the stuff that they did for me was way too low. And so I just think naturally, even though Jose Abreu is gone, their best player, I don't think that would be a huge deterrent from them winning more games because of, I know that they're playing more games versus everybody else instead of just the Central. That's the people they struggle with the most. The Central teams struggle versus the Royals. They don't have to play them as much. Awesome. Struggle versus the, the Guardians. Struggle versus the Twins. Don't have to play versus them as much, so they get to play the, the Reds a little bit more, the Pirates a little bit more, the Marlins a little bit more, even though the Marlins are kind of decent. You know, other teams like that. So they Watch get, out for all their middle infielders. They get out of that. AL Central doldrums and get to play a couple more teams. And I think 83 and a half wins is way too low for this team as, as you know, the White Sox think too, as they didn't do a lot in their offseason. season. They think that just adding Andrew Benintendi would be enough to get them to the top of the AL Central. I'm not too far away from that. Just to pile on the Marlins thing, it's also an odd Avi Garcia year. So every odd year, he's like, it's like his career year. You know, also he's, he's not Mangata. good in the even years. Yoan Mangata, oh, same thing. Watch out. Uh, 83 and a half. 83. 83 and a half wins. Yes, no, over, under. I would imagine it would be higher than that uh, okay. at, at the end of the year. Uh, I think with the exception of Dylan Cease, Aloy Jimenez, and then some of the guys in the bullpen, uh, that everyone on this team wildly underperformed last yeah. year. It was shocking across the board how – poor the results were from basically everybody on the roster um certainly everybody in the lineup with the exception of Aloy and Jose Abreu who's no longer on the team um Tim Anderson will have a much 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 better year uh uh Yasmani Grandal will have a much 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 better year Luis Robert will have a much 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 better year that starts adding up Mm -hmm. uh they already had a starting rotation last year that was pretty good now they get two months more of Lance Lynn and they have uh couple extra months or a couple extra weeks or however long it was of Lance Lynn where he doesn't have to figure out where he is in the middle of the season not, um, not gonna move with the whole world baseball classic for all these players too the the you I think it is very reasonable to expect basically everybody with the exceptions of the guys that I mentioned who, who did have good years last year to be much better than they were last year this I'm, team is this team cannot have the same 
season they had last year in terms of power. They cannot have the same season they had last year in terms of health, even though they kind of had it the year before also. <laughs> um, the, the problem is, and the thing that prevents you from saying, oh, no doubt last year was a fluke, quite obviously they will win the division uh, in, in 2023, is that there are some pretty gigantic ifs that go along with all that stuff. And they have made it now with their performance, particularly last year, but what happened in, in 21 as well, uh, necessary to include these ifs, you know, uh, if these guys stay healthy, because we, we don't know what a healthy season from some of these guys even looks like. Uh, you know, if uh, uh, that was, if Yoan Moncada is capable of being not just not 2019 Yoan Moncada, but 2021 Yoan Moncada, uh, because he's been dogged by so many physical problems as well as just issues with getting results at the plate. So um, has Lu- Lu- we sure see Luis Robert boxing and doing <laughs> sit-ups with weights or whatever the hell he's doing, doing down planks. there? Uh, has he stopped swinging at sliders way outside the zone? No, because he happen. did that an awful lot last year. There's a big if on whether the Grafol edition and all these new coaches can get that done. And so um, at the end of the day, if they can be better defensively, if they can avoid the base running mistakes they had last year, and now if they don't have a giant hole at the back end of their bullpen, if they uh, you know, have enough depth to cobble together a starting rotation, if indeed uh, it comes to that for these guys. So, yeah, I think they're, I think on paper – they're obviously the best team in the AL Central. By far. But there are some gigantic ifs that go along with that, and that's why it makes these predictions very difficult. Well, And you described the health things as flukes. Uh, if I learned anything from watching The Office uh, countless and countless of times, uh, Andy Bernard has taught me that flukes are the most common fish in the sea. Um, so my biggest worry is that is a big health Right, that is a capital H health. Like I just worry about that, and like the one consistent in 2021, 2020, 2019 is when Tim, Luis, Yasmani, whoever went down, Jose Abreu was there, right. and he was always three for four, three for five, two for four on base. You know, RBI. He was just so consistent, and I, I just I, I'm concerned about that. To go along with this, though, um, they also have longest winning streak posted over six and a half. Um, six and a half wins is at minus one forty. <laughs> yes. Under six and a half is at plus one fifteen. Their longest win streak in 2022 was six from May second to May eighth. That's when they played the Cubs and Red Sox, uh, and then they had two streaks that only reached five. That one in May, and then one in August 12th to the 16th, and then they got the breaks beat off of them in the last two games against Houston. So, I mean, we've seen a seven-game win streak? Yes, and okay. I don't see an eight-game losing streak like they had last year. And uh, what, a ten-game losing streak? Yeah. Two, uh, also going along with that. I think they're more of a consistent team. I think the biggest thing for the White Sox is the fact that Lance Lynn didn't pitch a lot last year. He's going to have a fresher arm than he usually does, and he's pitching the World Baseball Classic. As uh, Vinny was talking about with Pedro Gafol, these people are going to hit the ground running, the people in the World Baseball Classic, because the competitive juice is going to be flowing in March. And so it's going to be not, like, tamped down. You know Lance Lynn is 100%, whatever he does, no matter if it's 60 pitches in a World Baseball Classic or pitching on the side of, in Arizona. So he'll be starting the season amped, ready to go. We remember last year where it's kind of like, uh, everybody's kind of hurt. Michael Kopech's hurt. Lance Lynn is hurt. Lucas Giolito gets hurt on the first day of the damn season. So it's like 
oh, we're just already. And then this Tim's out the first two days. AJ Pollock has a good first two games. Yeah. Then he has to go on paternity leave slash injured. Alloy that, early on in uh, the twin series. Yeah, we should have known by then, like, man, this season's going to be Moncada shit. Moncada went on the IL the day before opening day. See? <laughs> like, we should have known then, like, this This is a cursed when, season. Yeah, Lance Lynn, Lance Lynn got hurt in the last spring training, and then Yon yeah. Moncada IL before that. That season, as as Vinny says, and I know Andrew, Andrew Andy Bernard is a beloved character in the office, oh, but I think he's wrong. He I don't It might be. Started great. Yeah, I think he's wrong. Flukes are very seldom, and last year was the hugest fluke that anybody saw. None of us. We were predicting seven dudes hitting 20 home runs. None of yeah, them hit did. 20 home runs. We were predicting both of us, Luis Robert being the MVP. He didn't come close. This is what I'm talking about. Everything that, had, that went wrong, that needed to go wrong, went wrong, except for Dylan Cease. And even Aloy Jimenez, he had a good year, was hurt for the majority of that year. So I think just getting half of the health that they didn't have last year will propel this team to more than 83 and a half wins. Now, I don't think they'll win. I don't know if they can win the AL Central right now. I'm not going to predict that right now, but I say they're in the catbird seat for that division. So as of 2018, about 13.7 million pounds of fluke were brought to shore. So it's over. That's It's over. Then, then they're dead. Fish. So they're not even in the sea anymore. Sorry, I, I, think, I think they have a, a decent population. They probably don't taste good. That's why they're all in the sea. Flounder. You don't hear a lot of flounder being sold, no? Because you like, there's probably a couple of catfish in the sea, but they're delicious, so they keep on coming out. There you go. Flukes um, probably taste like bony. I don't think catfish can live in the sea, Herb. They're a freshwater. Oh fish. yeah, sorry. In the, <laughs> just in the water. Don't get those um, mud fish either. They're just chilling. Get uh, them in the farm race. Delicious. You've you brought up the AL Central a little bit. Let's look at the odds for DraftKings Sportsbooks. Uh, to win the AL Central, uh, Guardians to repeat is at plus 140. White Sox to win the division is at plus 180. Twins are at plus 280. Tigers, Oof. feeling bold, 22 to 1. Royals, 35 to 1. The one thing that I've said before on CHGO bets, if you're going to bet on the Tigers or Royals, bet on the Royals. I don't think that there's a 13 you know, point odd differential between those teams. They're both bad. They're both stinky. They're not going to win the AL Central. But if one team is going to win, you know, they're both about, like, what, 0.5% to win it? Right. Rem- remember this time a year ago when, when we were talking about the Detroit Tigers being the second best team in yes, the AL Central? Yes, that's literally what I was going to bring up. <laughs> I was like, they're coming. And maybe they are. Maybe uh, Torkelson actually becomes a good hitter. And they had a lot of injuries, too. I don't know. Uh, Scooble will be out for, for a bit. And won't uh, their big-time starter, uh, Casey Mize, is he, is he still injured? I don't know. But they brought in two average to below-average pitchers to replace him, so I don't think they're going to anything. But that 20, plus 2,200, man, that's some good value if you wanna, if you believe in the Tigers. Uh, yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think anyone really does. Uh, I think it's Detroit three, people do. I mean, I think it's a, th- a three-team division, no? Oh, yeah. yeah. And watch the Tigers come out. Do you have a favorite? I mean, out of the three, is it, is it the White Sox for you? I would say, yeah, on paper – the White Sox are the far superior team. Isn't that what that, that's what got them in trouble last year? Yeah, at least it is. Yeah. Yes, it so, is. They are. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. Like, but we I know that we have the best player in the division is in Cleveland or in Minnesota. But top to bottom, starting lineup, starting rotation, bullpen, White Sox are the best team in the AL Central. I don't think anybody we, disagrees with that. We know we have they have the best pitcher in Dylan Cease, and I think that if Luis Robert is healthy, he could have the best season of any AL Central player player we just don't know what a peak fully healthy Luis Robert season looks like yeah I mean 
I, I, I tend to agree with Herb, and I think most of that is, is coming from the pitching. I think the, the White Sox have the best pitching in the AL Central. Uh, I think that uh, the lineup, if it does what it's supposed to do, and that's a big old if, uh, should be kind of far and away the best one in the AL Central. I mean, this is um, – I, I don't want to say that the division is theirs for the taking because, boy, obviously mm-hmm. it isn't, right? We know that from watching last year. Um, I don't think this is optimism as much it, as it is – this is what should happen. This is uh, – th- Listen, the Guardians play great. They play they 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 play in a way that is a you know greater than the sum of its parts, so to speak. Um, and the Guardians should continue to be there. The Twins, give them credit. They they have good players. Uh, I don't know if they have as many good players as the White Sox have, uh, or or even close to the caliber when those players are firing on all cylinders. Which you just pointed out with Luis Robert, and it applies to a number of these guys. We just haven't been able to see very much of. So. Um, yeah, I, it, it, we're going to do predictions at some point here, uh, you know, depending on when they are in spring training and who's hurt at the time. Uh, you know, I'll throw that caveat in there, but I'll probably pick the White Sox to win the AL Central. Again, though, like I was just saying, everything has to go – a lot of things have to go right. And and they can't walk into – they have to – They as much as that hitting needs to be fixed, you know, as much as the coaching staff needs to come in and fix that hitting, what is it that the players were telling telling us at the end of last season was their biggest problem? Their mindset. Yep. They need to go. They need a mindset overload to have or overhaul to have happened this offseason. And we'll see if well, that's the case when, when they get to Glendale. And maybe that seven game win streak comes like right at the start Early. of the season. And Matthew Cortese brings up a good point about the Guardians chanting F the White Sox and fire Tony in their celebrations. They're thinking about the White Sox and they used it, it seems like, as motivation to to lift themselves up. I'm sure the White Sox and Pedro Grafo would use that as fuel. Like these people think they're better than you. Come on now. Are you better? Are you allow them to do that? And I think professionals have that type of thing about them. It's like, no, F the Guardians. Let's go and go take this division like we're supposed to. I think it means a lot. And you saw how well the Guardians played last year. And I think they had a chip on their shoulder because they were the prohibit. The White Sox were the prohibitive favorite last year. You saw the NBC Sports Chicago thing. And the Guardians retweeted that at the end of it. At the end of the season, I got blocked Sm- for throwing it back in. Their well, face. Will Smith is back in uh, in his uh, living room looking for everybody, and that's what the the tweet was about. And the Guardians use that as fuel. The White Sox will use what the Guardians did as disrespect, and I think they'll have a good year because of that and because just better players. Did the, did the Guardians pull a Tom Crean and think that the NBC Sports White Sox account was the actual White <laughs> maybe. Sox? I, maybe you never, you never know. <laughs> um, I, th- with all that talk, though, about you know the, the White Sox being fired up with the Cleveland Guardians and uh, you know the Omar saying the Guardians will not be able to duplicate last season, I agree, mainly because they were the youngest team ever to do it. I think it would be really difficult for them to just repeat that, and I think that's why I'll take the Twins, I mean, especially at that value. I mean, they, they possibly have the two best players. If we're going on possibility for the White Sox, I think we have to take in all the possibilities for the Twins, oh. and I, I think they could have a really surprisingly good year. Uh, maybe I'm getting tigersed by them again, though. But um, I think it's... They gave up a player in Luis Arise that might be bigger than the White Sox giving up on Jose Abreu. Maybe. Just because of how so, he though. starts the lineup. And he's the American League batting champion. And they're like, mm, we're good. We got these bones behind us. We got Max Kepler. Who's going who's gonna to start off the lineup when inevitably Brian Buxton's hurt? Carlos Correa's hurt. That guy was a spark plug for that offense, and I think not having him while getting a good pitcher in Pablo Lopez was awesome. I think that will be affecting their offense greatly. 
I think you're correct in saying that the Twins lost their best hitter, and it's not something that you want to have happen. Uh, saying it's a bigger deal than Jose Abreu leaving the White Sox, I think Jose Abreu means more to the White Sox than Luis Arise meant to the Twins. That being said, I think the point that you're making is that what what remains is better on the White Sox. The White Sox are more are better equipped to make up for the loss of Jose Abreu than the Twins are to make up for the loss of Luis Arise. Perfect. But Jose Abreu is still more important to the White Sox than Luis Arise was to the Twins. Yes. And I, 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 also, I would put, and contend with that point that you made. Better or worse is one thing. I also don't know if the White Sox can make up for the loss of Jose Abreu. They right. just might be better positioned than the Twins to do their thing. Come on, Andrew Vaughn. Uh, <laughs> real quick, uh, Melissa says, TA is going to be key this year, absolutely, uh, and then follows up. His Twitter has been kind of cryptic and odd. Hopefully his head uh, is on and ready to roll. I feel like if you're trying to make sense of Tim Anderson's Twitter, your head will roll. Um, I, his I, Twitter he, has always been like well, that. And, oh, yeah. and he said when he was uh, uh, When he was – Tossing bats and hitting field of dream walk-offs versus when he's on the IL. It's kind of always like that. He said before, <laughs> I think it was in uh, the mentions or something, just being like, my Twitter is for myself. Like, right. All, all my stuff is just, you're not, you can follow it, but like you don't have to understand it because it's like only I know what I'm tweeting about. the player about. I talk about the most that takes slights to heart, it's Tim Anderson. Mm-hmm. That guy takes slights to heart. The whole, whole Jackie Robinson thing, what do you do? Dramatic. Hit a home run in the, what, the top of the eighth inning versus the New York Yankees. Versus the team that the dude uh, said that stuff against him. So, yeah, I think Tim Anderson is going to have a year where he's like, oh, yeah, you guys thought I was done. You giving all this money to different shortstops? I'm only 28, 29 years old myself. You can break me off, too. I'm just as good as these guys. And I think he has something to prove this year, especially what, with two more years left in his deal. Yeah. 2025, I think, is, is his uh, year that he'd be a free agent. Um, he does have a lot to prove. Um, and uh, also, too, if you like the White Sox to make the playoffs, Herb's thinking they'll make the, the win the division. Uh, to then make the playoffs is at plus 100. So uh, I don't think they will. I think they'll win less than 81 games. Uh, and like Oof. Vinny said, we'll make more of uh, actual predictions as uh, Hater we, we, we see the roster shape out a little bit. Uh, maybe Nate Mondu is the starting second baseman for the White Sox. I've seen Matthew Cortese. Mondu! Mondu! Uh, I've seen uh, Matthew Cortese bring him up uh i don't think he's anything if we know anything about the mlb the landscape the pirates are bad the rockies are trying to play 500 baseball trying uh and the the a's are pretty bad they're very bad yeah the a's weren't giving nate mondu a lot of shots uh at the major league level so i don't think nate mondu is a white Sox. i think he is in the white Sox organization and i don't think you know i think he'll be a good charlotte knight they, they once signed tim beckham and he was great uh, with the charlotte knights never made it with the white Sox, and that's a former first overall pick yep. i'm not worried about nate mondu taking larry garcia's spot come on but also remember the last player we got from oakland we freed him for that from that jail of oakland came over here and did work i'm talking about elvis andres maybe getting out of that jail of oakland makes you play better maybe this is the first time I've ever heard Nate Mondu's name. Mondu. 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 Yeah. He's from uh, uh, Las Vegas, uh, the 50... Yeah, if he should spell that a little differently. So is this the French phrase Mondu. What's the French phrase Mondu? Means, I believe it means my God. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. My God. Nate, my God. Yeah. Uh, Mondu, like Dios mio. Yeah. See. <laughs> yeah. Um, World travel. Vinny Duber over here. <laughs> knowing every language. The Las Vegas AAA team is now the Las Vegas a- Aviators. Yeah, after uh, after um, the basketball team. No, the guy, the rich guy. Oh, Howard, uh, Howard Hughes. Hughes. There you go. Yeah, oh. it's named after Howard Hughes. 
Well, what was wrong with the f- the fifty seven or fifty nine? They were the fifty ones. Fifty ones, like yeah, area fifty one. Yeah, I believe they were something in between those two things, also, weren't they? Were they? I don't know. Maybe. I think fifty ones was just really yeah. They really had the alien slick. with the baseball seams on uh, his head. That was pretty fun. I'm disappointed. That's where Nate Monday comes from. Uh, Las Vegas Stars from eighty three to two thousand. Uh, then the fifty ones from two thousand one to twenty eighteen. And oh now wow! Okay. Now they're the Aviators. The fifty ones. That name had more staying power than I thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was, it's, a, it's a legendary uh, logo. I don't know. I'm uh, going to take a quick break. Uh, you could probably find uh, Las Vegas Aviator tickets on Game Time. You're probably looking for more Chicago-based events, though. <laughs> Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than to score the best t- deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats on a concert, right up on the ice at a hockey game. It is possible with the Game Time app. Find the biggest last-minute price drops on Game Time. You'll find them on the seats you never thought you could buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bulls tickets. And, hey, the Bulls are in town. They're in town tomorrow against the Hornets. They're in town Saturday against the Blazers. They're in town Monday against the Spurs. And all three of those games, they could win. So go down and see yourself a Bulls win at, uh, not 35th and Shields, uh, the Madhouse on Madison. 1901 West Madison, I believe. 1901 West Madison. There you go. Pop that into your Game Time app. Uh, it was created by the fans for the fans, Game Time, and it guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets to the link in the description. Join over 15 million. One of them is Marcus Bueno, who's hanging out with us in the chat, always telling us about the Game Time uh, deals he scores. Who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Thank you to Game Time for your support. You know, if you keep Game Time for a couple of years, you can go to Las Vegas and see a Major League Baseball game eventually. There you go. Because those Oakland A's uh, people are in uh, Vegas, I think, today talking about where they're going to be moving to. What spot? It's like a, spending a billion dollars, I, too. It's, it's like, like on a, the Strip, too, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Like well, both the, sites are like, or they're behind the Strip. One yeah. was the Festival Grounds. That's where they're, they're and then talking about. The other one's, I think, uh, uh, an old casino. I'm and the sure. Festival Grounds is like, if you've been to the northern part of the Strip where the Stratosphere's at, which I stayed at a couple times, it's all good. Go to the Stratosphere, guys. I know it's way out there, but come on. That's the far away. one. Huh? That's the Elvis one? What, Stratosphere? No, yeah. that was the International. That doesn't exist anymore. Oh, yeah, the Stratosphere is like the farthest away, and it's got the uh, the space deck or the uh, sky deck up there, and you can there's world space coasters needle. up there and stuff. Yeah. But uh, that would be a perfect area. They're having a great concert this year with all the people in the world at the festival grounds. Like the Mariah Carey's there, Usher, uh, Jermaine Dupri, a couple other people. They ruined that place. They're going to have to replace it with the, the baseball stadium, which they're going to have it domed. Because Las Vegas is ridiculous. She shouldn't have a game in there without some type of dome, especially in July, where it's 110 just sitting down. Hey, uh, right now you can get uh, a hotel room at the Tropicana in Las Vegas for $42. Don't go. Um, Don't tell people that. Well, nope. that's, that's, that's a secret. Oh, well, uh, just That's get, where I stay. Well, get, it's, on the Hilt, it? it's on the Hilton Honors program. Oh, it's look at you. so cheap. <laughs> I have it's awful, always so cheap. I have yeah. awful news for That's you. That's where I stay, oh, too. It's the, gone? The A's look are going to knock guys. it down and build a baseball look stadium. Look at you guys. They're not uh, going to knock it... They, you're going to knock it down and put it right on the corner of the strip? Put a baseball stadium? That would oh, be hard. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe oh, I missed... It's got to be the, back behind it, probably, right? So, Arash Markazi, who is the founder and CEO of Sporting Trib, the Oakland A's have narrowed their search... Stadium search in Las Vegas to the Tropicana and the Las Vegas Festival Grounds on the North Strip behind Resorts World and Circus 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 or just Circus 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 Circus, circus. Um, <laughs> one circus two circus uh, in front of the Strat 
and across from Sahara, where they would build a $1 billion domed ballpark. That's old school. Sierra, the Sahara's old school, Tropicana's old school, Circus Circus, all those on the north except for, like, the wind are, like, old as hell. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a Hilton, another Hilton Rewards place you oh, can stay at. Oh, there's a few, yeah. But yeah. that one's real cheap. Oh, That's my God. 42 bucks. All the time. <laughs> like, you, I looked at that one and... January, the beginning of January, because I was like right after uh, the New Year, I was like, let's go to Vegas. And I found out that my fiance loves Vegas. So I was like, shit, let's go. But we didn't, eventually didn't go. The place where we we're going to stay is like the Cosmopolitan. It was like $98 at the time. I was like, let's, man. And the Cosmopolitan is right in the middle of the strip. That place, the Tropicana, I think it was like $7. Nice. I'm not you gone. It was bucks. cheap as hell. Where I it's don't like, know why too? Like, it's fine. I've stayed it's there. It's old school. It's fine. It's it, not even that old school. It's just, it just is not. It's, it's not, not glittering, you yeah. know what I mean? And but like what no that fountains. corner that it's right at that corner. So it's it's New York, New York, MGM Grand, Tropicana, and Excalibur. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Excalibur. <laughs> but uh but yeah, the uh that's right in the middle of everything. I don't think you could build a baseball stadium. There. No, you can't. And yeah. right down the field or down the street, the uh Legion Stadium's right behind oh, the Mandalay Bay the, on the other side of the highway. So the Raiders if you, one? If, yeah, if you build a, a baseball stadium right there too, it's like man. There's already enough traffic right there. There's no way somebody and you can't really pick up an Uber on the street or anything in Vegas. So yeah, they got to build it off of the strip. There's no way they could build it on the strip. I tried getting an Uber and it was a nightmare. And I was just like in my hotel, just trying to get an oh, Uber. Oh yeah, and I, I just walk. Got just lost. Gotta walk. It was it was a, it was a long walk. Hey man, that's what the strip's for. Just yeah. walk it all. Um, get a, just have a beer on the strip. Mandalay Bay <laughs> to the stratosphere. Oh, that's a long. You walk. lose like twenty pounds. I'm still in a nad read. <laughs> Uh, Chicago, <laughs> you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams to get fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, all the way to Vegas with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like tomorrow with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, F-O-C-O. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out FOCO.com. Again, F-O-C-O.com. at C-O-M. Or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CH. Geo for 10% off. Thank you to FOCO for your support. Uh, Vinny, let's get you out of here talking about your little article about Oscar Colas. Um, there was one part that I think <laughs> you we... started that with Vinny. Let's get you out of here. I'm like, wow, oh, I'm being I was like, booted Vinny's from the leaving? show. Here's like, like Vinny will leave before both of us. We have <laughs> since this. you since you stay. At, I only stay at Paris, Paris, Paris. Uh, Herb has. Why, I stay at all. Why is everything three? <laughs> I stay at all. I'm about to say yeah, it's just Paris. The Paris one. Maybe maybe one time you get to stay at Mirage, Mirage, Mirage. Ooh. Cosmopolitan, Cosmopolitan, yeah. Cosmopolitan. Bellagio, Bellagio, Bellagio. <laughs> don't say, don't say that one on the mirror. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> um, I want to go to your article about Oscar Colas. Uh, you chatted with uh, Chris Getz uh, the other day. We played the clip about uh, you know starting pitcher depth. Uh, Chris Getz had some comments about Oscar Colas, but this stuck out for, to me from your article. Uh, so whether you're not you agree that the White Sox flunked the offseason, um, which we talked about. Uh, what's inarguable is that they made no move to prevent Colas from capturing the job in spring ta- training. Um, and that's that's the one thing is, like, they might love Oscar Colas, but what if he has a bad spring training? Like, like how which is... we've talked about plenty of times, yeah. <laughs> uh, how, how does the organization view it? How does uh, Chris Getz view what he needs to do in spring training to maybe not get the job because he might already have it, but maybe just secure that position, lock that position down. Yeah, I mean, listen, we've been hearing about it since November when Rick Hahn talked at the at the GM meetings and basically unprompted started talking about Oscar Colas. Hey, don't remember, don't forget about Oscar Colas when you're talking about right field. Um, it probably probably was it was 
set in stone then perhaps that this was going to be the situation. Now I think they've got some roster flexibility where they don't they're not stuck making him their everyday guy. It's not like he's out of options or anything like that. If he really struggles in the spring, they can just say, "All right, Gavin Sheets, it's, it's you. You Gavin Sheets and Aloy Jimenez, you guys are splitting that right field job." Um, I don't think that would be ideal because uh, Oscar Colas can probably do a lot for you, uh, particularly from an upgrading the defense standpoint, but brings in a power bat as well. Uh, but listen, this is um, nothing new for a young guy coming up and and seeing Major League Pitching for the first time. You got to kind of build in an expectation that it's not going to be just smooth sailing. Uh, I mean, we saw it with Aloy Jimenez. We saw it with Luis Robert. Luis Robert, granted that season was only two months long, or, yeah, but yeah. that but he came up in his rookie year First month was fantastic. Second month was awful. Mm-hmm. Awful, awful, awful. So one half of his rookie season was bad, bad, bad. Paris, Paris, Paris. Um, <laughs> I'm Tora, not, Tora, Tora. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm not sure that you could expect anything less from Oscar Colas in terms of having a significant period of time where he's going to have to acclimate himself to big league pitching. The White Sox say they want to see consistent plate discipline. And I'm sure they want to see that from some guys who have been in the, on the major league roster for a while now. But Oscar Colas, when it comes to proving he's ready for prime time, he needs to show some discipline at the plate, show a good approach. He's been working with the coaches this offseason who are in charge of doing that for the guys who are already at the major league level. So maybe there's some benefit there in the offseason work he's, be, he's been doing. And uh, I do want to bring up this from Aram Layton uh, from Just Baseball, formerly of Lockdown, uh, which we are formerly a part of, uh, Lockdown Prospects. Uh, he was on the Future Sox podcast with Mike Rankin and James Fox, former guests of CHGO White Sox podcast. Uh, and Aram said on why Colas might be best off starting in AAA, kind of for the same reasons that you stated or the, the White Sox stated about uh, plate discipline. He said, for me, it seems more approach orientated. He's extremely talented and demolishes fastballs against four seamers in 2022. He had almost a 1,000 OPS. He also had a chase rate over 40%. If he could rein in the aggressiveness a little bit and cut that chase rate down, um, he has a crazy pull side power and a pretty good bat to ball skills. His zone contact is above 80%. Uh, just for a reference, like I love that uh, Andrew Vaughn is at 89.9% in his last two years. Like he's top 25 in all of baseball in that near. 90%. So Colas being 80%, still very, very good. Uh, he's a decent enough bat-to-ball guy with enough power to be solid and well-rounded hitter. The issue right now is that he's swinging at everything. Triple-A pitching with pitchers who exploit his aggressiveness and a smaller strike zone uh, will be a good test. So maybe there will be benefit to him seeing those type of players in spring training, but maybe it still won't be enough seasoning. Um, we've talked about Gavin Sheets and his possibility of uh, having a, a more beneficial or a, a better 2023 because the shift's gone. Uh, I mean, do you think Gavin Sheets is still a contender here? Or are you writing off Gavin Sheets yet? No, I mean, the fact that uh, Rick Hahn is bringing up Oscar Colas on, on prompted and the fact that they haven't gone out and got another right fielder tells me that that job is Oscar Colas to lose. And I don't think he can lose it in spring training because if, even if he doesn't hit with a bat, he's a plus defender. And I think that that's what the White Sox, especially with him, he's probably going to be batting 6th, 7th, 8th, or ninth, the back end of their uh, uh, lineup. They're not depending on Oscar Colas to come up here and light the world on fire like he did in single, double, and triple A last year, where he had more hits than actual games than he played last year. The hit tool's there, and the defense is there. Now, I would like for him to play another full season down in the minor leagues, but that's my preference. If the White Sox and their evaluators say, hey, he's ready to play and you shouldn't uh, tamp him down because he is 25 years old. He's a little, a little older than a regular 
person that's played only one year in the stateside. But I say that it's his job to lose, and I don't think he's going to lose it at all because they've already decided, like, yeah, Gavin Sheets is good. But we're not going to leave our fortunes to Gavin Sheets, especially because you know Gavin Sheets is a question mark with the bat, a question mark with the glove. You at least know that Oscar Colas is a plus with the defense, even if he's chasing a lot of fastballs or chasing a lot of balls out of the zone. He has value at the major league level. The White Sox would face a very interesting situation if Gavin Sheets comes out and rakes in spring trading. Because I think, and I wrote about it, I think that might be the only thing that could stop Colas is that, like, okay, it's now okay if Oscar Colas spends some time in AAA to start the season because, hey, look at Gavin Sheets. He's killing the ball kind of thing. I don't know if that's the best way to go at the end of the day, but I think that Oscar Colas – I think there's a world in which Oscar Colas is not the opening day right fielder. I think most of those worlds, if you're a big multiverse fan, uh, (laughs) end with him uh, being the opening day right fielder. Shout out to our guy Eli, uh, who just uh, is letting us know he became a diehard. Uh, Hi as well, Eli. I was going to say hi to you, and then you dropped that you became a diehard, so now I just got to make that up. He just wants to join the uh, happy hour a week from tonight. Hey, look at you. Uh, uh, We got the Cubs happy hour tonight. Uh, I think that's at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. with all the Cubs guys. And then we have ours uh, next... Thursday. No, next Wednesday. A week from tonight. I don't know how the eighth is a week from tonight. It's a Wednesday. One plus seven equals eight. Okay. Uh, Wednesday, February eighth. One eight fifteen twenty two. There we go. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Uh, But I think your point too. uh, But yeah, make sure you join, become a diehard, and you can uh, get the link uh, on the eighth and talk to us for an hour about whatever you know, whatever you want. Records. uh, Toro, Toro, Toro. uh, (laughs) You can drink some. uh, Herman had a good one. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Delicious uh, Goose Island. Checked out this new No Plans. It's a TTPA. Tasty Time Pale Ale. Oh, there you go. Mm, like, if you time. don't like, if you're not necessarily an IPA person, too many hops, this is perfect for you. It gives you the flavor without the, the, the beating you over the head with hops. That's exciting. There you go. I hate being beaten over the head with hops. Or really anything. Anything. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> socks. Just no nickels in the socks, you know? Just still a, I mean, probably still could do great. without it. Is it yeah. the word beaten? Is it kind of yeah, like yeah. a, a Beaten ton- would imply that it's not it's good. Ton not of feathers versus ton of bricks. It's still a ton. Still yeah. a ton. Yeah, yeah, still a ton. Yeah. I don't know. I still, if you drop a ton of feathers on me, I won't die. Yeah, you, you will. You die. It's a, it's a ton. It's 20, that's 2,000 pounds. But is it like, is it? It's still compact enough? It's you still, think you would just like, like squish like, into it? So I'm, I'm saying like you release it from a net. If you release a ton of bricks on me, I'm dead. Yeah, no, no, the terminal velocity t- would come would be be fast. Feathers aren't that heavy though. If you're going from a it's, it's a ton. John, it's you're literally pounds. talking no, yourself out of your own point I, that you brought up. I understand up. that. John, I don't weigh 2000 pounds. I weigh saying more of like if it, I fall on you from here, you're going to feel some pain. <laughs> I'm just saying. And that's like if you like what is that uh, 10 times me almost. Probably a little bit more. You'll die. Um <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you suspend, uh, like, a, a net, a, a ton Let's of bricks. Let's do it. Let's find it. A, t- a ton of feathers. <laughs> That's our next I'm thing. I'm just saying the, that the feathers are going to spread out. They're not going to stay compact. Instead of me bricks. racing, we're going to drop a ton of feathers from that thing and have Sean underneath it and, and we'll see need if he a dies. New, and we'll need a new host. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta counsel my physics teacher. Uh, just to bring up Colos, your Colos point, too, uh, MLB.com, who has them ranked 85th. Uh, on their prospect list. You did note, too, that The Athletic and Keith Law left uh, him off their uh, 2023 list. Kylie McDaniel of ESPN also left Colos out, so I think it's just mainly 
I think they're assuming that he's going to be in the MLB and not really a prospect anymore. I think that, or they, they don't think he's one of the top hundred prospects in baseball. That's true. Maybe I got to do a little <laughs> bit more research. Uh, but Colas, uh, at least on MLB.com, getting an arm grade of 65 and a fielding grade of 50, uh, both above average or average for MLB players. And we can already see that Gavin Sheets is below that because he's more of a first baseman. So he will have the advantage there. And it's just about how he hits, I think, uh, in spring training. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Uh, we love uh, you, Eli. It will be on Zoom. You do live in Israel, and you will be able to chat with us uh, over Zoom on that diehard. It'll be a little uh, early hour. in the morning for Eli. It'll be like 3 in the morning when we're doing it next year, I'm, next week. I'm not too worried. That dude seems up all the time. Please join us, Whenever Eli. we do a show, Eli seems up and awake. So uh, Eli's out. coming. Um, we, we appreciate everybody. So is a lot. Hide your hearts. Um, Hide your heart, girl. Yeah. We appreciate everyone for joining us uh, today. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. Uh, for another CHGO Live White Sox podcast. That's Vinny Duber. Again, check out his latest article at All CHGO about Oscar Colas. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckermall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Matthew, Matthew Lucas. I think we started his comments and actually never got back to him. Uh, they did. Uh, but betting on health and coaching is fine. Uh, I just don't think it's enough. That's basically the same point that I was making. That's why I wanted to give you credit for it. Uh, thank you to Stephen Nicholas for uh, being our producer today. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Uh, thank you very much. And go Sox.